Today we'll be focusing on the words that Jesus has shared as recorded in the book of Revelation. Up to this point we've been looking at the I am statements that have been found in the Gospel of John. But today we're going to focus on a different book. It's the prophetic book, the book of Revelation, which focuses on the end times. And this passage gives us an amazing glimpse into the character and the person of Jesus Christ. And I believe today's, out of, out of probably all of the others, gives us more confidence in the midst of this uncertain world. Now I can remember going hiking. Uh, the school I went to, I used to take us on, on hikes. And we would go, we'd carry all our gear on our, on our backpacks, we'd get it all prepared and we'd, we'd walk and we'd, we'd be led for a number of days by, by teachers through these tiny little tracks up mountainsides and I actually really enjoyed it. I found it wonderful. I can remember in particular uh, one hike. And these, these hikes, of course, would span hours upon hours. We, we'd hike about half of the day. And the, the, the year level would spread out. And you'd get little pockets of people spread out you know, over the tracks. And there was one point in particular where there were a lot of winding paths. And the group I was in just had a, two or three of us. And we were just walking and talking And after a while we realised we hadn't seen anyone in front of us or behind us for quite a while. And we started to get this uneasy feeling within our stomachs. We started to wonder, are we on the right track here? We didn't know the paths. We were with people who did. So all of a sudden we felt like, wait, are we actually still with our group? And that that hurried our step and we, we started walking a lot faster until finally we came around a corner and we could once again hear and see a group in front of us with one of the, the key leaders, one of the teachers there in front of us. And straight away we felt a sense of peace and ease and confidence again. You see, we didn't know the road, but our leaders and the teachers did. And as long as we stayed with them, we knew we were, right, we were on the right path. Even though we were in unknown surroundings, we trusted those who were leading us because they knew the path. In a similar fashion, as we keep our eyes on Jesus, although we cannot see, although we do not understand the situation around us, we can have hope, we can have confidence in him because he does know the situation. It is not going to surprise him. Today especially, In Revelation, we're going to look at some statements that Jesus makes that builds our confidence in him and in the lives that we live. I'm going to read these for you. If you have your Bibles, open them firstly to Revelation verses 1, verses 4 to 8. And then we're also going to look at some verses from chapter 22 from verse 12. Let's start with Revelation chapter 1 verse 8. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was and who is still to come. From the sevenfold spirit before his throne and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God his Father. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. We also read these uh, words from verse 7. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven and everyone will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. I am the Alpha 
and the Omega. The beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. Wow, what an image, what a, what a picture of who Jesus Christ is. Key words here, I am the Alpha and the Omega. This is the statement we're going to be focusing on here this morning. In Revelations 22 from verse 12 we see this, Look, I am coming soon, this is Jesus speaking, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat the fruit from the tree of life. Outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshippers and all who love to live a lie. Again, we're given this, this glimpse and this, there's this declaration of Jesus Christ uh, stating who he is. I and the Alpha and the Omega, the, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And it's interesting, these, these words are closely associated with some verses we read in Isaiah 44.6. This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord of Heaven's armies, I am the first and the last, there is no other God. The key statement here is Jesus identifying himself as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I'm going to unpack this idea a little bit more. As Jesus declares these words, I firstly am the Alpha. Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. And so in reality when we say or we read these words, I am the Alpha and the Omega, if we were to translate into our own common language, we could say I am the A to the Z. I am from the very beginning to the very end. Jesus says, I am the one also who always was. As we read these words, we are reminded and confronted with the fact that the story of humanity starts with Jesus Christ. We read these words in Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. In the beginning, God. In the first four letters is this declaration that before everything we know was, God existed. And in John 1, 5, this is unpacked even more for us. Chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. In the beginning... The word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light that shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Love in Genesis how we read that God simply spoke, let there be light. So in the Gospel of John, Jesus introduces the very word, that word that was spoken to bring existence into being, to create our world, to create humanity itself. And so contrary to what some people may think, Jesus did not begin his existence as a baby in a manger. Jesus as God existed far beyond 
and before that time. He was. He is the very source of life as we know it. We were created by him. So in the midst of this season, because of this truth, because of this declaration, because of what we know about who Jesus is, we can have confidence because he is the beginning and because he knows us. He knew us from the very beginning of time. Luke 12, 7, even the hairs of your head are all counted. Do not be afraid, you are of more value than many sparrows were told. God said to Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Here God is letting Jeremiah know that even before he existed, God knew him. So in this time when there's so much uncertainty, we can find confidence in Jesus Christ because he is the beginning. None of this surprises him. And he knows us. He knows you. He knew you before you were even born. He knew you would go through this very situation, this very day, this very season. He knows the very hairs, the number of the hairs on your head. For some that might not be very many, but he knows. He knows us. Even before we were formed in our mother's womb, he knew us intimately. So in this time, if you find yourself feeling anxious, be reminded again that Jesus Christ was here from the beginning. He knows us. We also read this, this further declaration. I am the Amiga. As I shared, there's this idea that the, the Amiga is the last letter of the Greek, Greek alphabet. I am the Z. <laughs> I am the end. To back this up, we have these, these different statements to, to clarify this idea. Jesus says, I am the one who is still to come. I was there in the beginning and I am still to come. Reminds us that the story of humanity starts with Jesus and it will end with Jesus Christ. In verse 12 of chapter 22, Jesus says these words, I am coming soon. I am coming to repay people for their deeds. This was a part of the promise that Jesus even gave to the the disciples when he was here, when he walked amongst us. In Matthew 12:30 we read and then at last the sign that the son of man is coming sorry I'll put it here for you will appear in the heavens and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth and they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and with great glory There's this picture of Jesus Christ coming and I find it interesting even in this it talks about there will be deep mourning There'll be deep mourning for all of those who have not accepted Jesus Christ when all is finally revealed. As Jesus comes, the Son of Man comes with power and with great glory. I also love the, the, the encouragements in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 from verse 15. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First the believers who have died will rise from the grave. 
Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. What a picture of Jesus returning and all of those who have placed their faith in him will rise from the grave. And all of those who are still alive will also rise to be with him. Caught up in the clouds. What an image as Jesus returns. Jesus will return to gather all those who believe in him. Jesus will return to bring a final end to sin and to death. These words give us confidence. They build hope in us because we know how the story ends. We can be confident because we know that Jesus wins. I love at the end of 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 18 that that encouragement, those words are are finished with, so encourage each other with these words. These, These words are shared to encourage us, to build us up, to give us hope. Jesus shares these words with us in his words so that we in the midst of difficult situations can be encouraged no matter what comes our way. Jesus shared on a couple of other incidences. He shared these words to encourage his disciples. In John 16:33, Jesus said, "The time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When you will be scattered, feels a little bit like this season, doesn't it? Each one going his own way, leaving me alone, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials, many sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Interesting the way Jesus shares this. It's going to be hard. You're going to be dispersed. There are going to be seasons where you will know trials, where you will know pain, where you will know persecution, where you will know sorrow. But be encouraged, he says. Take heart. I have overcome the world. I've defeated death on the cross. I will come again. You know how the story ends. Be encouraged. Take heart, he says. In John 14, 26, in another time where Jesus is sharing the realities of life, he says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Jesus, share these things so that we can be aware that difficult seasons will come, but we can find hope and strength in him. Don't be troubled, don't be afraid of the final words there. Take heart, I have overcome the world. A quote from an anonymous source said, The most commonly repeated phrase in the whole Bible, in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, is fear not, or have no fear. Or do not be afraid. Be not afraid. Time and time again throughout scripture we read these words, do not be afraid. Jesus shares these words with us so that we will not be afraid. As we look at him, as we keep our eyes focused on him, no matter what may come, we can have hope and find our strength in him. Jesus is so honest here. He's so truthful. And yet he did not share these things to dishearten us, 
to build anxiety or fear within us. No, he tells us these things, the very intention for these words is to encourage us, to help us to be aware and so that when tough times come, there'll be no surprise. I mean, we often instinctively, when we're in difficult situations, wonder what God is doing. Our natural inclination is to say, Lord, what are you doing? But he's shared with us ahead of time. You will go through difficult seasons. It's to prepare us, to keep us alert. Above all, to keep us focused on our call to love him and to love others. To help us to keep focused on spreading his good news to the world. To continue to live out our mission to make disciples of all nations. To keep spreading the love of Jesus in our world so that people may come to know him for this time, this moment will not last. Jesus will return and the time is short. And so as tough times come, we can be distracted by them. We can find ourselves just, 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 just with so fear-ridden that, that we can't think, we, we, we can't do life the way we once did, but Jesus shares these words so that we can find courage and hope in him and continue to live out our lives for him. It's not to create fear or anxiety. Michael Wilcox said these, these words bring grace and peace, not perplexity and puzzle. It's to bring grace and peace to us as followers of Jesus. At the moment there are many voices if you watch the news or especially online, more than ever, anyone can, can pick up a computer, they can write articles, they can post whatever they like. And many are spreading theories that incite fear and anxiety in these times. Just notice discussions around the end times have heightened in the midst of this. That reminds me, in the 80s and the 90s when um, I was growing up, there were a wave of voices calling out to the beginning of the end times. There was this real focus on the book of Revelation. I can remember hearing time and time again from, um, from Christian voices, trusted voices, people talking about the end times and supposedly the world was going to end in the year 2000, then again in the year 2012, then again in the year 2020. And these voices often as they shared their message, would just incite fear and anxiety in people. I can remember when I was 12 watching some of the end times uh, movies that were made through that 80s and 90s season. I wasn't meant to uh, watch this this video. The the youth group came over, which I wasn't a part of. I was too young. But my cousin and I uh, were were at home and we snuck in and, and watched this movie and I kid you not, I couldn't sleep for weeks. I was so fear-bound about all the persecution that would be carried on, uh, that would carry on. In the same way, often these, these articles and uh, these, these conspiracy theories that come out, all they do is, is create anxiety and fear in us. But as we read any voice, as we read any article, the question we have to ask is, do these people align themselves and bring us back to the hope we have in Jesus Christ? As we read these things or hear them, do they simply incite fear and anxiety in us? Or does it encourage me? Does it inform me and refocus my eyes on Jesus Christ, which brings peace and joy 
not anxiety and fear. In the midst of this madness, I would encourage you to read and listen to the authors that that encourage you to focus your eyes back on Jesus Christ, who time and time again will say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Take courage. And as we place our eyes on Jesus Christ, as we focus on him, our confidence builds because we know that Jesus is the beginning and we know that Jesus is the end. So Jesus declares these aspects of who he is. I am the beginning, I am the end and everything in between. Jesus says, I'm the one who was, I'm the one who is. I'm the one who is at work in this very moment. We were created by him to be with him and we are restored by him for he is still at work redeeming us. Often people ask the question, is God really involved in our lives today? Now, deism, which is a philosophical position uh, with many deists regarding God as a distant creator, one who wound up the universe in the beginning, set it in motion and then stepped away. And many people view God like this, that he's removed from us. And yet as we read these two passages, Jesus declares, I am the beginning, I am the end, but he also describes how he is deeply involved in our situation right now. In Revelation, in the, in the chapter 1 passage, we read that Jesus was the witness of all things. He was the first to rise from the dead. All glory to him, it says, for he loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. Jesus is actively involved in our story, drawing us to himself. Yes, he was there at the beginning and he created us and he will come again soon. But he is involved and he is there for us even now. As we read these these passages where Jesus declares himself as the beginning and the end, we get a glimpse of of his intentional purpose and plans to restore us back to himself so that we may not only know life here but for eternity with him, to go and be with him when he returns. God has been active in our world in many ways, particularly through the person of Jesus Christ. He continues to free us. He continues to call us to himself and to restore us back to himself. Especially in the Revelation 22 passage, if you've got it there, it's actually helpful to open that one up. Because it talks about Jesus returning and blessed will be those who will wash their robes. It's actually a reference to Revelation 7.14, a previous verse in the book of Revelation where it talks about those who have died and who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and have made them white. It's referring back to this passage that that paints a picture that the blood of Jesus cleanses us. His blood washes us clean. 
to all of those who would come to him and be washed by him, they will go to be with him for eternity. And in chapter 22 also it speaks about Jesus returning and that he will repay everybody for the deeds that they have done. But very quickly, very quickly, it speaks of those, as I have mentioned, who have washed their their robes. And of those who have washed their robes, they will go to have eternal life with God. You see, this is the one deed on which all things are judged. Have you come to Jesus? Have you been washed by his blood? Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you been forgiven and restored by him? This one deed and one deed alone will discern and decide if we go to eternal life with him. For all those who have, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, we are blessed and permitted to enter the city, speaking of eternity. It speaks of those coming and eating from the tree of life. The tree that will will gain and, and give those who would eat an eternal life and a restored relationship with God. And this little passage, this little verse, I should say, As we read it just here in this passage, is a beautiful picture, a tree of life. It sounds like a wonderful illustration. But there's something fascinating about this very term that is used. You see, right back in Genesis chapter 3, you may you may not know the story. Adam and Eve walked and talked with God and they lived in a perfect world. God called them and asked them to to live there and to to not eat from only one tree. It was the only thing God asked them not to do, to abstain from. And yet they, in their desire to be like God, picked that fruit, they ate it, and their relationship with God was broken. Part of the consequences for that sin, that disobedience, was to be cast out from the Garden of Eden. We read these words, in Genesis 3.33. Now God is speaking after this, this event has occurred and he says, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out and take fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden and set Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. It seems that the tree of life created by God was part of the source of eternal life for humankind. And since that moment... We have been separated from this tree. We have been separated from God himself. But this is the wonderful aspect of this. You see, Revelation chapter 22 is right at the end of the Bible. Like a a good movie where the loose ends are, are, are made complete. That this idea comes full circle as we were separated from the tree of life which is a a symbol of our eternal life with God, so we are invited to come back once more and partake of the fruit of this tree. 
What a wonderful image as God invites us back. You see, God was the beginning, he was the end, but he did everything in between to restore us back to himself so that we could live and be with him once more for eternity. What confidence this gives us as followers of Jesus Christ. Because we are saved, because we are loved, we are restored by him. By the one who was and is and is to come. These are encouraging words. We walk, we are invited to walk and to be with the one who flung the stars into space. We are invited to walk with the one who defeated death. We are invited to walk with the one who invites us and restores us back to himself, to the one who is for us. We walk with the one who is coming again for his people. We walk with the one who holds the whole of history in his hands. We walk by his side. Whatever may come, we walk with him. This gives us courage to face the day. Because of who Jesus is, I am the beginning, I am the end. So today I hope and pray that you will place your faith in Jesus Christ. If you already do, I pray this builds confidence in you. Keep your eyes focused on him. If you have not today, I pray you will place your hope and your faith in Jesus Christ, that you may find peace and joy and confidence in this season as you walk by his side. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word which shows us who you are. We thank you, Lord, for this aspect You are the beginning, you are the end, you are all that is in between. We thank you, Father. Father, forgive us for those times when we have taken our eyes off you. We are bound by fear. We are bound by the things that are going on around us. Father, help us to focus our eyes back on you. For none of this surprises you. You call out to each one of us today, take heart, don't be afraid. I've overcome the world. Walk with me, keep your eyes focused on me. So we thank you, Lord, that even in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of this situation, although there is so much unknown, we know you. And you are trustworthy. We thank you that you are with us. Father, for each person right now, I just pray that they will know the very presence of your Holy Spirit right now. I pray for your peace to come upon each person as they listen, as they come before you, Lord, as they pray. I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you will work in each heart and each life. I also pray for those who today will choose to place their faith in you for the first time. If that's you, I just ask you to say these words, either in the depth of your heart, out loud. Jesus, I believe in you. I place my faith and my hope in you. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that they will know a very, that they'll know your presence in a very real way right now. Lord, give them boldness, 
peace and joy like they've never understood and never felt before. Holy Spirit, work in this way. So Lord, we thank you that as we go, we can go with our heads held high, children of the King. Lord, with you, the beginning, the end. Keep our eyes focused on you, we pray. We thank you. Pray all of these things now in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people say, Amen.